I would just be creatively drained at the end of the day. And um, opening a bottle of wine, my dad got me a wine subscription when I turned 21, was like the highlight of my month because it was like this moment when I could forget everything that was going on around me and just get into a bottle of wine. And I think that was like the my aha moment, my like, oh, I love wine. It's a new sense that I can explore. And as an artist, sensory experience is how you find art in the world. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a Truck driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting in my head and life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. I'm so excited to bring you today's guest, Madeline Piquette, who is the creator of WineFolly.com and the maker of the brand new book by the same name. So for those of you who don't know Madeline or don't know WineFolly.com, actually about a month ago, I did not know of her or the site as well, even though I should have. So when I did the episode on uh, Samuel Bogue being a sommelier, I needed to get some some cool photos and content to release along with that. So I went searching for interesting wine content online and almost every cool piece of wine content, be that some sort of infographic or just any sort of interesting visual, seemed to come from Madeline. Sight. So on Madeline's site, she just has the most, most wonderful and approachable way of talking about wine. It's just really humorous, really funny, awesome articles. And much more importantly, she is a graphic designer and has the most kick-ass and funny infographics designed all over her site um, and awesome drawings about wine that just gives this really, really great visual way to learn about wine. So she started this website on Christmas Day in 2011. And in just about two years, she ended up receiving accolades from the International Wine and Spirits Competition as the Wine Blogger of the Year. And her site, which now gets about couple million views every single month is ranked as the number one website for learning about wine and is a top five website for wine overall. So the main thing that we'll discuss in today's episode is the making of her new book, which is also called Wine Folly. Um, The book actually comes out tomorrow. That is, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes out. So it comes out on September 22nd. And despite not even being out yet, like a solid week two, three weeks before um, her book was even released, it was already ranked the number one wine book on Amazon. So I would highly recommend supporting Madeline and going out and getting a copy of the book. She sent me over an advanced copy and it just absolutely kicks ass. It's so awesome. It's such a wonderful, approachable way to learn about wine. So if you like drinking wine and you don't know a ton about it, check out Madeline's book, check out Madeline's website. And without further ado, here is the interview with Madeline Bouquet. Madeline, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into your incredibly successful blog and the new book you have coming out, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what exactly happened that led to you starting this blog. Uh, well, I, huh, I was, um, I was, I've been drinking wine. I'd been drinking wine for a while. <laughs> and <laughs> Hell yeah. I went, to, I went to art school actually in LA. I went to Cal Arts and I was a music major and art major. I did a dual major. And every night, you know, 
you there were art shows and you'd serve wine. It was really terrible stuff. You know, the two buck check. Yeah, is, it's not, I don't think it's two bucks anymore. But um, you know, I I like I could drink the the white was quaffable. The red was never something I would drink. Yeah, um, and, quaffable. And I great didn't, word. And I didn't know why. So. Later on, fast forward a couple of years, I'm working as a designer to a convention company. They did a lot of sci-fi conventions like uh, Star Trek and Farscape and things like that. Yeah. I was very geeky. I had a couple of encyclopedias to Star Trek. And I would just be creatively drained at the end of the day. And um, opening a bottle of wine, my dad got me a wine subscription when I turned 21. Oh, nice. It was like the highlight of my month because it was like this moment when I could forget everything that was going on around me and just get into a bottle of wine. And I think that was like the my aha moment, my like, oh, I love wine. It's a new sense that I can explore. And as an artist, sensory experience is how you find art in the world. Yeah, definitely. So uh, So for a lot of people, though, they like wine or they have their hobby is something that they like as a hobby, but they never think about putting kind of more time into it in a professional realm. What, 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 I guess, made that happen for you? Uh, that's a great question. It was um, it was kind of um, a little bit by happenstance, but maybe the right choice. I'd been a music musician. I'd been writing music on the side as my hobby thing that I want to do and pursue for a, for a while. And um, in 2008, I w- we had moved to Reno, and I'd lost my job. Um, I was working as a designer to for just a newspaper, and the newspapers were plummeting. And um, I go into this wine bar, and he's the guy's like, "Yeah, you seem to know a thing or two about wine. I, you know, I could really use a day off. I just opened this bar, and I could really use some help around here. And you seem pretty cool." So he just came. I mean, it's Reno. There's nobody like who seems to like really get into things. Yeah. And I guess, like, I guess I was just at the right place at the right time. And that was the moment when I was like. Oh, you can make money with wine. Yeah, yeah. Wine's not something that just drains your wallet. You know, you can you can work in the wine industry and, and then taste all this amazing wine that maybe you'd never had a chance to. So I started it simply just to be like, I want to get in front of some all those wines I hear about that can't that I can't afford. Yeah, and do and something a little bit more it. fun. I imagine doing yeah. design like obviously you wanted to be artistic and do design, but maybe designing for a newspaper wasn't like the passionate point of design for you. Yeah, so I, I pursued a sommelier certificate with the Court of Masters, and then I was just going to go down that route, become a sommelier, da, 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 get into it. And the thing that pulled me back was my partner. My, my boyfriend is my partner at Wine Folly, and he's a digital guy. I'm a digital girl. I did digital music. We, I did digital art. And he's like, why are you doing this? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, where are you going with this? And asking that question, he said, well, why don't we try to do something digital with wine you know i wanted to open a wine bar i did all this you know i got into like the the usual box that they provide you if you want to go in the wine business here are your options you know right it's funny how that that happens in life that if you're interested in whatever the thing is you just go down the exact same path that everyone else has been going down in that field because that's all that seems immediately available to you well your mentors and your peers are like well this is what you can do i know what you can do here's what it is they don't even think that there's another there's there's another option. So um, there were a couple of wine blogs out when we started Wine Folly. Um, this was in 2011, um, and they were very popular. And we didn't think we could do anywhere as you know, like it was seemed they were very lofty, uh, lofty goal. Um, but uh, you know, if you know how to use the internet and you hit your marks and you 
target the actual questions that people want to answer about wine, we noticed that these bloggers were talking about the esoteric, weird stuff. And we were trying to just get normal people into wine. Yeah, for and, sure. And I, was, I started creating, just for fun, a couple of infographics about wine. And this was, this was before Visually started and all this kind of stuff. And they just went crazy. They were like... Whoa, my God, our like Facebook blew up and we're like, we should make that into a poster. And so that's basically how we started our business. We put it up on PayPal, you know, our, we were getting all the site traffic and then, um, so hang on, let's talk about that a little bit. So I, I, I know from some of the awesome info that you sent over to me, you start, first of all, your first blog post was on Christmas day. Is that correct? yeah that's that's a, awesome that's a good time to like, launch that and it was a it was an article on like how to wrap a present which is like very late <laughs> for all the people who've been too busy drinking wine to get other people gifts so you launched your first article and it was only about seven months later in july that you had this infographic that went viral that's um, right which was yeah. for people like a, an article about how to choose a wine for yourself which is so funny and so well done by the way it, it um, was definitely sardonic and we had a lot of people writing in going well how do like this was great but i actually want to know how to choose wine like it was funny like it would if you get it for someone else you end up not getting a wine at all basically and if yeah. you get it for yourself <laughs> it's like this really detailed like what are you feeling like right now is this after work are you super tired or do you need to have a relaxation moment are you eating food from your microwave like it was like very detailed yeah and uh that's so funny like you were saying about how serious um and more esoteric the other wine websites are so you were trying to create like the every man's wine website you make this infographic that blows up because of the fact it's like just this like joking fun every man's infographic and then people come to you and want all this esoteric knowledge like no 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 seriously how do i really choose i really want to know about wine so then i started creating more that were more like well okay what do i know from what i work as a sommelier because when you're when you're a som you go to your 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 people and you ask them well what kind of wine you want and you know they're being like i don't know so you have this like clever series of questions you ask that steer them into your want into a wine. When I realized it was like a tree diagram of questions. And so when you start visualizing, I'm just a very visual person. You, I was just like, we, we made an out, I made an outline and then I made it into a, a visual thing. And you know, there's some, there was That's some amazing such a good idea. So people can kind of be their own like personal sommelier. Like they can ask themselves these questions yeah. and do I want a white or a red, or maybe I want some sparkling wine? Like where do I start? And then you go and you go out from there. Yeah. Talk to us about the success of that first post. So about how many, if you remember this, uh, about how many visitors was your website getting per month, let's say, before that post went viral and then after that post went viral? I would say it was the difference between 5,000 visits and 30. Wow. So it was, it was and, and that post got about 200 and something thousand. So... And, so, and after that, we bumped it up to 30 to 60, and then we were getting in the 150, um, 1,000 visits per month. And then, and then, you know, once you get that and you can maintain that, it just grows. It has to grow to wherever, whatever you're putting into it, it grows to whatever the cap of that possibly is. So if you're doing five posts a week, what's that cap? And what, what genre genres are you talking about? Like... It, 
it's actually quite, um, it's almost more of a math equation than it is anything else. Like, here's what you put into it. What are you going to get out? Yeah. How much people are interested in the topic of wine actually matters quite a bit. Like, can, you can't get all that traffic. So you would, so we would do some clever things. Like, people were, like, Game of Thrones was really popular, so I did the wine regions. Actually, my partner did this one, the wine regions of the Game of Thrones. That's such and we a good started idea. trying to imagine, like, looking at the maps, like what the climate type would be like and what actual grapes would grow like and what the wines might taste like. Yeah. So like Dornish wine, we we're talking about why it was so popular based on these its attributes. You know, it's from a warm climate region, so it's probably making more berry, fruit-driven wines. You know, so we started to, to get popularity looking at the things outside of wine that could bring somebody into wine. Yeah. And and that was I think that was one of the, the, the strong suits that we that we have with the site. So like one of my recent articles was like the difference between coffee, weed, and wine. And I'm in Seattle, so like there's, it's, there's like people love barrel. all three. They love all three. So <laughs> it was very easy to like talk about what mentally happens to your brain, you know, based on some scientific studies. Cause I always like to use science to back up our arguments because otherwise it's just opinion. Yeah. And, um, and, it, but we'll basically talk about why we drink coffee and why we drink wine and why we might have weed and then explain what it might be useful for. And and this was a fun visual article. I it was so like- good. I I loved it. Like, I, I think what's so awesome about your content is, well, and like you said, you back it up with this scientific stuff, but it's like you get the, it, because you're so talented as an artist, you get this awesome cartoon that's really fun. And then, you know, your writing is funny and poignant. But then there's actually this, you know, links to scientific articles or whatever it is. There's some sort of like scientific basis there, which... I, it, it hit like well, it hits on all three levels basically you know you know you know you and i go on reddit and we read something and you just like oh my god why is that why do people upload that you know you're just like <laughs> that is like so wrong and 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 my hope is that you get people asking questions and going well why is that well does it there was an article that came out recently on the huff post about wine a glass of wine equaling an hour of exercise and they took a study and basically like flipped it completely on its head and said, yeah, this is true. Yeah. is not like, if that sounds weird to you, then it probably is like, you should, you know, you can, you can learn to read a little bit of scientific study. They always totally. have a link there. Hopefully they had a link there. And so I, you know, you could, I knew people like that kind of news cause then they can, you know, not have to change their behaviors. But Definitely. I mean, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that, you know, writers are a little bit more, you know, this is a personal goal that we have as a business, like just to be like true and honest and unbiased about the content that we produce, even though it's funny and connects you to funny things and things like that. But uh, that's more of a that's more of a core core value thing. Yeah, definitely. That's really important because certainly I, I have a, a medical background and I mean, you can you can make any study say whatever the hell you want, whenever yeah, you yeah. want. I mean, it's very, very easy, you know, to make a, a poorly put together study. So, so the book, getting to the book was, um, um, we, we had this um, article come out in the Washington Post that had one of our infographics and we were approached by a publisher and um, my partner was like, well, I don't know, you know, people come to you, they always have their plans of what they want to do. When you're, when you're trying to get to where you want to go, you kind of have to stick to what you, like, even though this comes in, it seems like a great opportunity does it actually fit with the path that you wanted to pave for yourself? And that was the question that he asked. So he's like, when was this? 
Um, it was over two years ago. It was maybe, maybe you know that how to choose wine came out in July. Maybe it was September. Wow! So very, yeah. uh, and so that was still not even your website hadn't even been launched for a year. It, 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 you know, it might have been a little bit. I, I, I have, I have it print. I have the art, original article somewhere, but I can't. I don't have it here. It's that's not incredible. In so it happened. Yeah, it happened pretty fast. I think you know, you hit a genre, you hit a bead, and then people connect and they relate to it. And and that's what we were doing. We were doing was we were like. We knew there was a wave going on with like information on the internet yeah, and, and information about about niche topics on the internet. And wine is one of those topics that is very exclusive and very hard to access. And you got to buy a book or know somebody or something like that. And we were trying to make it actually accessible. On it was free. Everything, all our content's free. So yeah, so, uh, one question before we get back to the the part of the book and your decision to or not to at that point start down with the path of the book is i guess how when you were first approached like that how successful was the website at that point in terms of how much money was it generating for you because i I feel like for a lot of people that's such an important like people like to think like oh well i would never sell out or oh well i you know i i need to do what's right for me and i you know i i need to um you know, just want to make the best content. And it's like, well, it's very easy to say that when you're also making money. But if you're making no money and all of a sudden somebody comes to you and says, hey, we can make this book, we can pay you some money. It's a yeah. lot. It's kind of that makes that a harder decision for you, you know. So where were you at at the time? We weren't making very much money at all. Um, well, we're, I was working as, at a restaurant still full time. Um, my partner was working on the project entirely, um, exclusively. And we were living in a tiny 600-square-foot apartment in Capitol Hill that was north-facing in Seattle. So it was, like, always dark and miserable <laughs> with, with two cats in a tiny, tiny apartment. Um, so, so your it, rent was cheap? Yeah, well, you know, it was, it, was, it was fine. It was what it was. Like, I was, I was working in a restaurant. You know, you work as a, as a, a server, sommelier. You make, you know, a pretty good living wage, but you work a lot of hours. Um, usually at all at night, you know, you get off work around two and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I think that Justin, my partner really wanted to do, like, he really wanted to make sure that this was the right decision. So instead of taking, take, taking the offer, we, uh, he emailed, this is crazy. He emailed Seth Godin, you know, the, the yeah. market, the genius marketer guy, and was like, hey, you know, we have this idea. And he tried to write it out as simply and as short as possible in this email. Because small is the new big. And um, he uh, he just asked him, hey, do you, what do you recommend? You know, we got approached by this this publisher. Maybe we, should we get an agent and, and pursue that option? And Seth Godin was like, yeah, you should definitely. Whoa, whoa. Seth Godin actually wrote back. He wrote back. Wow. He's like, here, you, you know, might like our my agent. Um, and so he referred us to his agent, which is like, I remember I was like jumping around our, our apartment, like, oh my God, we're looking at the email, just totally freaking out. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that's an email from Seth Godin. Totally. And you're about to get like a real life agent now because of this, not, you know. Right. And then I, and then because that wasn't enough, my, um, my partner said, well, you know, some people have written books, Madeline, cause I'd been working the wine industry pretty hard at that point, And I, and my boss had actually at the restaurant had actually put out a book. And so they, he referred me to his agent. And so we did two calls with the agents and compared the pros and cons of each. 
and then thought about how it fit with our goals. And one agent wanted to just dump, jump on to the other publisher who already gave an, the, did the handout offer. And the other agent was like, ah, you know what? I kind of want to do a book pr- proposal and like really sharpen this thing up into a sharp little point and then go pursue a couple of options. So what she was offering was a lot harder. And what the other one was like, just take it. I'll help you get all the paperwork and da, 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 and make sure you're taken care of. And this chick was like, you guys got to get to work. You got to get your shit together. And we, <laughs> we, we, chose the, we, should, we chose the one who wanted us to get our shit together. Yeah, that's a very smart choice. That's awesome. And, and so she, um, you know, in order to write a book, you have to have this book proposal. And a lot of people think a book proposal is an entire book. And it's not. It's actually, you talk about what the concept, it's very conceptual. And Justin did it because he's a conceptual artist, in my opinion. Um, I went to art school. He's the conceptual artist. I'm like the doer. I'll, like, I'll make all the cartoons. I'll do all the work, whatever. You just come up with a great idea and I'll, I'll visualize it. Yeah, yeah. And so he, so he put together the book proposal and came up with the idea. And a big part of the book proposal is proving that, you, that you're the best person in the world to make this book. Um, so you've got to have some stats like who are who's going to buy this book and who are those people and are those people in contact with you? And we were showing site stats. They wanted to know things about our followers and like all this like detailed stuff about our email lists and things like that. We were like, whoa, like it's a business. They want to know how many books they can sell. Yeah. It makes you so, wish you could go back in time and like redo some of the things from a year earlier or something like that. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, I wish it was bigger. Like if only we'd done more, we could have had more to show off. Yeah, we, totally. You know, we had what we had. You had to work with it. Um, and then so we sent along this book proposal and she shopped it around and found us a different publisher. Uh, the publisher we're with now, um, Penguin Avery Books. And they wanted the reason why we went with them is the other brands that were offering it. We're going to put their brand on the book. Like they're known for what they're all about, but this one was all about our brand being on the book, and it's all about our brand getting our brand out there. And and when it comes down to it, like when you are like a little fish in a tiny little pond, any sort of like brand recognition you can get out there in the world is like. So they were on board with pushing that. In fact, they were even more on board with pushing it than I, sometimes even I was. They were like, yeah, it's going to be called Wine Folly. Da, da, da. And I was like, I don't know if that's the right name for the customer. <laughs> like that doesn't really mean anything. Like it should be called like how to get into wine or, you know, something very like how to choose wine, you know, something that's very obvious. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, what a wonderful thing that it is called Wine Folly to, you know, tie everyone <laughs> to your point about getting exposure and to tie, yeah. eventually tie people back to your blog and having, yeah, if somebody searches, fans. Google searches Wine Folly, they're going to find the blog and they're also going to find the book. Yeah. So, so yeah, for a first, I, and maybe that's the reason why a lot of those early bands, you know, it's a self-titled album. Yeah. You know, maybe that's why they do it. And, I, you know, you start to think about that in business. You're going, oh, okay, all right. I see what's going on here. We're trying to build our personal brand. Yeah, for sure. Um, when when and, this proposal was finalized and everything, was this before you, you won these major awards for your blog or after you won these major awards for your blog? Um, I would... Uh, the book proposal was finalized before... So then your publisher no, must have flipped out when you got this huge award and they must have just been like, oh my God, this is great. The 2013 Blogger of the Year happened in November, the year that 
we signed the proposal. So we signed on September 2013, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, September 2013. And then we got the award in November. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was November. That's so cool. A, that's so validating for you. But then it's, I don't know, when you have an opportunity to do something big in life and somebody like you, you always feel like somebody's like taking a chance on you, like as good as your content is or whatever. Like if you have this publisher that's like, hey, we're going to do this book with you guys. You're like, yes, thank you. Like, thank you for trusting me. How cool to then get that award a month after they they do that. And you you just got to be like, yes, like this is happening. You know, they were definitely stoked. Actually, the word I would say was pretty valid, too, because we didn't you know, so many of these awards you 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 submit yourself to, like the James Beard Awards, you can nominate yourself. Like, there's so many awards out there that you could just nominate yourself, and like you go into the list, the pile, and they sort you out, and then eventually they they pick you know whoever's rising up to the top. And this award was just totally random. Like, we had no idea they were even watching us, and it was like, oh, whoa, wow, that's amazing, and. So that was that was pretty special to be honest and I and and I and now that I know how important it is to have awards like I'm now I'm actively nominating myself you know and <laughs> you should see this article we did James Beard or you know whatever it is yeah um so so yeah so that's one of those things where it's like yeah if you want to get yourself out there like it seems like it doesn't seem it seems very narcissistic and uh, to to put yourself out there like that. But just remember, you're trying to make your, you're trying to get your business out there and, 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 and do something. You got to, it feels gross. Just do it. And, and, and you're still going to be hard. Even if you get in the finalist list, it's still going to be hard to get picked. So like, you're just yeah. doing yourself a, just a little bit of a push. <laughs> totally. That's such good advice. Like if you, if, if let's say somebody, uh, follows me on twitter or something and they want they want me to follow them back and let's say that person is an author and it's like hey and that that's what their little bio is is just says author of this book it's like okay like i don't really know that book i don't really know who you are but if on their little bio it says like author of new york times bestseller blah blah blah, it's like whoa 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 i'm sorry who is this person like they and if if you have any award or whatever it is like even if like you said like a james beard award you nominate yourself for that's still a really prestigious award so if on their bio it says you know james James beard Beard award winning -winning. like it just gives you some cred you know yeah, absolutely. It makes it yeah. so much easier to market yourself after that. Absolutely. It, it, credibility was the big thing, and especially with us because we were doing a um, – since we were doing a very different thing with the wine world, we were also getting a lot of um, pushback. Yeah. You know, here we are coming to the table, these new kids on the block that you don't know. You haven't been through the ropes. You don't know the, the community here. You're not welcome you know, we were getting. I, a lot I love of your your curmudgeon-y old man impression. That's what, <laughs> really you don't know. You haven't been through the ropes. <laughs> so, talk to us about um, like how long you're given to. Like, I know this is a big thing for authors, and I can't imagine what it's like as a first time author. Mm-hmm. Like, how long do they tell you? Like, okay, you have this much time to write a book. You is have it- one year. So you sign a contract, and you you agree that it's going to come back in one year, so that they have enough time to to put all the rest of the work together. And so we had our book proposal and we're like, yeah, we'll have it to you in one year. And at the same time, we were also trying to build our brand and our site and grow it to, to what it is today. Actually. I can't imagine how hard that is. Uh, <laughs> so it was like two, it was like two full-time jobs. And, and, um, at this point you quit working at the restaurant, right? It was two, it was two months into it. And then I, I think I, 
I think it was like, I think it's time to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you must have been working 24 hours a day. We were just like, uh, I was working and then I had reduced my hours to like three days a week or something like that. And then it was down to like one day a week. And then it was like, you know what, I should just, we should just stop. Yeah. I should just stop coming in. I, I got too much work to do. And, and, and when you start a book, it's, it seems like this huge, giant, enormous monster of unattain of unobtainium. And we were trying to do this book that, I mean, you, you've seen it. It's incredibly visual and it's not very, like I remember negotiating the contract. Well, I don't know if it's going to have more than 10,000 words in it, to be honest with you. You know, I don't yeah. know if we should put that in there. I don't want oh, you to hold because me to of it. all the pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just yeah. like all visual pictures and stuff. And, and, uh, it's all, it's all infographics. So, so I, were there a lot of times dirt, like, I mean, b- between the long hours and having never written a book before where you're just sitting there like three weeks in a month in, and you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why did I say that I could write this book? Like, I don't even know if I can do this. Yeah, there were many times. In fact, my partner was saying it to me more than when I was, and I was kind of just blissed out like, Oh, we get to do a book. This is really cool. Um, and my partner's like, dude, you need to get your shit together. You need to start putting the plan. And he helped me do a lot of the pre-planning part. I, you know, I checked the outlines with him and stuff like that. Cause I mean, he's, we're a team. I'm the, the creative, um, extrovert and he is the super organized introvert planner and so so we make a very good team yeah. with this but but then again like you know i it was like you you almost like ah, i'm doing a book i'm so awesome it's with the major publisher you start to get comfortable with this idea and you can rest on those laurels you know oh i'm gonna be a published book author da, da, da. and you have no idea that actually it's only gonna get harder after you actually submit your manuscript yeah. like what I am doing now, like if only I could go back to then, like <laughs> yeah, that for was sure. such an easy time. All I had to do was make a book and be creative. It was kind of just you then versus now. I imagine it's you and a ton of other people giving you advice every minute of every day. And you need to do this. Well, you need to do this. It's it's more like, well, now it's a very clear path of what we need to do. And we need to hit our marks because because you you really need to put New York best time sell, New York best time seller next to your name in order to sell a book and it would be great if I could encourage people enough people to buy the book the week it comes out you know buy it for your friend get it as a gift it's an amazing book for beginners like wine book for beginners like these are the things that are going through my mind it's like well how can I help my community tell other people about it because it needs to go it needs to go past the wine community because the wine community is small it needs to go past the wine community and into the general audience in order to hit those types of numbers yeah and and so you know that that's like that's what we're working on now and if i thought it was hard back then going around and asking your friends to tell other people about what you've been doing and how cool it is feels even harder than privately nominating yourself to some award oh, in yeah, e- totally. email like it's you're getting on the phone you're talking to people you're you're emailing you know on monday i emailed 70 people you know like hey what have you been up to and then you have to care about what they're doing too because otherwise you're it's just not a prick. 
Yeah, you're just a butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, fortunately, I mean, it's it's cool. Like, you send out 70 emails and you get a bunch of replies, and you're like, oh my god, they're so awesome. They're the coolest people. Oh yeah. my god, we can totally we can totally do this together. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, making the book, um, you create the outline, and you somehow format what your plan is to put it together into sections. And I got, when it came, came down to getting it done was, um, uh, when it came time to getting the work done, I got actually very detailed about how much hours I was going to be doing to do each section because it was a lot of hard work. And like with writing, it's very like, well, I hope I can take 10 hours on this and da, da, da. But with design, you, you know, designers know how much time it takes to do something. They can pretty well estimate like, okay, if I'm going to do 12 maps, <laughs> if I'm going to do 19, there's 19 different maps in the book. If I'm going to do 19 different maps in this book and I need, and I, I learned some, um, geographic, uh, uh, ge- some just tool, just, just tools, geographic information system tools to actually do cartography for the book. Um, so it would be pretty accurate. Um, I, th- these take this many hours. There's this much work to do on these pages and then you map it out. And then I had this huge list of what my goals were and I started crossing things out on the bottom. Like that's not going to make it in the book. That's not going to make it in the book. That's not going to make it in the book. And I'd, I'd give, uh, every t- couple weeks or so, I'd email the publisher going, this is how many more hours I have to do to work to get the book done. And then a the week later, would go up. This Now it's 400 hours left. You know, like I'd reconfigure because I started to realize I had a deadline. I had to get it done. Yeah. And um, keeping track of those works and going through it. I'm, I, would, I was using Evernote to organize all my documents. And um, I had Dropbox to organize all my working files. And now... A regular manuscript is just words, and you have a document that you're working with, and maybe you have a couple backups. This was like hundreds of documents um, and hundreds of editing files, working files in Evernote. Sorry, in Evernote. And so then what I'd do is I'd send out my working files to other wine experts to get them checked for accuracy. And then I would, you know, get those back, get the feedback in, modify, change, adjust, and then... So the initial idea, the initial design for the, for the page, and then the final design, you know, based on the information we had and what we did, ended up changing quite a bit. Not only because design-wise, I wanted it to work in, a, in the book, but also because the information was different. Like, my initial goal and what I th- thought I could achieve changed. And some of it got much better and more detailed, and some of it was, like, way less, and I had to figure out how to adjust on the fly. Yeah. So... Those are the type of, of problems you run into with the book and you have that deadline and you go, I just have to do it. I have to solve these problems. And you sit there and you work till 10, you work till 11 o'clock at night. You know, you get up again the next morning at eight and you start it all over again and you just stay focused and, you know, do drink your coffee, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all day, every day. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, and, um, there was a burnout period towards the end and actually my my partner's um dad got very very ill and and almost died um and uh we just started to fall apart like it was like it was like we were driving the race car for too fast too long and 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 that and you know writers talk about this and it's and it's weird you don't even you're not even aware how underwater you are and how much intensity you feel until you talk to your friends 
and they're talking about their lives and they're complaining about their jobs and they're and you're just sitting there going i i i wish i had your life yeah <laughs> that sounds for sure really easy you're just like, like out at sea floating there by yourself like yeah. with nothing you know and and then they're and they're very impressed with you because you're doing this amazing thing but you in order to do that amazing thing you have to do amazing work and you have to really really pull it together so it's a it's an amazing challenge and it, boy am i glad like it came in you saw you saw it it came in last week and i saw the actual thing printed and i was like you know yeah, <laughs> flipping that's through it. so cool and it looks so <laughs> and good like, Oh my God, look at this thing. This is pretty neat. What, when you're reaching that period of burnout, like, so, I mean, I, I do this now, even in the course of a day, um, like I try now to schedule most of my interviews for the morning or the afternoon. I used to also do them in the evening, depending on the person's schedule. And I'm just like, now I notice that when I do an interview in the evening, that it just sounds bad compared to my interviews in the morning. like i'm just not thinking as well in the evening as i was in the morning and i'm not as articulate or what and not asking the right questions i can only imagine you know do, working 14 hour days day after day after day after day that when you're writing do you start to almost like question your work and question like this law of diminishing returns and would i be better off just like going to the park right now and sitting and relaxing yeah but then there's this hard thing of then like for i don't know this happens to me too that then when i do go like all right i think i just need to go and take a break then I go and take a break. And when I'm taking a break, the entire time, all I'm thinking about is like, I'm being so irresponsible right now. I just need to get back and start working. But I, it's like, how do you solve that problem? So it was a blessing in disguise. Um, uh, you know, the illness and everything with putting it together uh, was just, we had to leave. We had to go. We had to go to San Diego. We emailed the publisher and we said, we're going to be late. This is just what's going to happen. We got to deal with this, and that, and it was not breathing room because it was bad down there. Yeah. But um, but it was time away from what we were working on, and that was all the perspective uh, we needed. And then after that, it was like, what? Like you start, you're you're able to actually take um, to assess what you have what you're working with. You're actually, you can actually, I'm, I'm looking for a, a term and I can't think of it, but you can actually see what it is that you've done. Like you actually you have a perspective, perspective all of a sudden. Yeah. To, to like walk out of the room and come in and see it like a newcomer. And that's what you need. You need it, especially when you're deep into a project like that, because you need to be able to check to see if you're not crazy, you know, yeah. like you want to make sure that what you're doing, your project, your idea, your, new product, your, your goal, you know, whatever it is you're working on to be like, I can step outside of this and come back to it and look at it with fresh eyes. And as much as my eyes were tired after, after that, I had, I had, I, and actually right after that, I had a scheduled cause of like, you know, if things go wrong with your family, you're like, well, I need to connect with family too. And I went and visited my grandmother who's old and I let, went to Tennessee for like a, a week and it, it, like the whole time I was trying to work on my project, I was talking to my family about it. I brought my laptop and, oh, I'm going to get work done. This is going to be a working vacation. But I just like, I basically just like goobered and looked out the <laughs> window at the cold weather and, and just like, it was in Tennessee. So it's like the internet doesn't work. Like things are just, you know, yeah. and I, I just turned into a vegetable for a little while and, and realized how much pressure I was under. I, I broke down a couple times, like 
things got kind of real with my dad, you know, like, oh, it's all this very emotional stuff. And then you're like, wow, this, I guess this is, I guess you're right. This has been pretty hard on me. I didn't realize. I thought I, I thought I had everything in control. Okay. All right. Yeah. So when I came back, I saw everything I'd done and I was like, this isn't that shitty. This is actually pretty good. I, I think I can, I think I can finish this. I and might, sure I enough, would maybe buy this book. I think like this is pretty like, Oh, we're, uh, I can see how I could change just a couple things here and there. And like, we could bang this out. Let's do it. Um, and my entire attitude changed. I didn't feel so stressed out. I no longer cared about the publisher and getting it in on time. It was already late. I was like, I'm going to get it done. Right. And this is what I need to do that. And I just told him like it was. And I get the feeling that publishers are used to hearing this type of this type of stuff. Totally. Like, because when this when this stuff went down and we didn't make it to deadline, they were like, okay, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and um it it helped that when we turned in the manuscript, it was already paginated. It was already had the you know, table of contents. It had already been built into an InDesign document because I was a designer. Like, this is what I do. I mean, it was probably not done the way they liked it, but, you know, we're, we have different workflows. I don't know what their team's workflow is like. Um, and so, so when I, we turned in the manuscript, like, it was, it was pretty much done. Like, you could, I had printed it out. Like, it literally looked like a real book. And, and so... That was pretty cool because then in a matter of months, I think it was finally done in May this year. So in a matter of months, we put together an, the entire marketing plan, everything we're going to do from now, and it launches in uh, on September 22nd. It's already on pre-order on Amazon. It's actually doing really well. It's one of the top top wine books right now. Which God, is that's like, so yeah, awesome. That's Congrats. Awesome. And uh, so, so they had had like, everything they need, and since we're – all about internet marketing we had a lot of great like here's what we're gonna do and we did it and here's how we're gonna market ourselves and we did it and we built the book landing page we're about to release the book video trailer which is like it's less than a minute but i really really love it it's like it's really fun that's super Um, cool so so and and we'd had some templates to look at i was inspired by the four-hour workweek guy like he's crazy and his book is crazy i love tim ferris yeah but like he is like he's, he has like a list. Here's what you need to do. And you know what? I looked at him and I'm going, he's a New York Times bestseller. I'm going to do exactly that. Yeah. I, I have to do exactly what he's doing, at least to make a blip. And maybe I'm not going to do it as well as him because he's Tim Ferriss and I'm not Tim Ferriss. But like, you know, I'm going to give it a good shot. I'm going to yeah. give it a try for yeah. sure. That's so cool. So now, like, what is your day like now versus before? Like, what percentage of time do you have to make content now for your site versus just straight up marketing and social media and stuff like that? Um, I would say it's probably about 70, 30. I do about 70% thinking about how to do marketing and things like that and communicating and outreach and stuff. And then 30%, okay, oh my God, I got to do a blog post. We got to keep this updated. And it's going to change as soon as we tick over into October. I'm, uh, you know, creating the maps for the book i learned this whole new system and now i have these amazing maps like ooh, they're just like any map (laughs) just be like oh these are so awesome yeah so i'm gonna do a whole new set of maps for the holiday season and i'm super like i can't wait to get to that project i'm so excited to be like leave me alone yeah and do something a little (laughs) bit more like 
just straight visual and creative again after yeah. all this marketing stuff and yeah yeah and 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 in marketing you know as much as it's like it feels just like you're just doing a couple of emails it, it's very like it's an energy drain like you just you 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 have to put a true your true self into it otherwise it doesn't work yeah otherwise you just seem like a dumb marketer and that's that's not like that's this. If there's anything that this new era of people is, is they hate that they despise that. And any company that uses those tactics is are is is not going to is going to have trouble. Yeah. Preach. And, most definitely. Yeah. So. So. So we so. So everything we write and stuff is is supposed to, it needs to come across as real. So we try to like get into their shoes and think about how they're going and and imagine their life and what they're experiencing and, and ask people about it and, and ask questions and get feedback. And then you make a choice on what you're going to do for your strategy. Cause you can't, you can't do it from the perspective of yourself. You know, like we're a business here's what we have to offer you. No, it's more like, here's how your life can be improved by this thing. Yeah, totally. And I, we're just the bringers of this thing to you and, and it, you know, tell what, tell us what you think. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so know? tell us what you think. So your book is coming out on September 22nd and it, yeah. it, it freaking rocks so hard. What is, what are your like favorite two or three things in your book or things that you're the most proud of that you did? And you're just like, Oh my God, that rocks so hard. Okay. All right. Okay. I have a couple of things. Um, I love there's, on um, there's a bunch of wine pages and there's a flavor profile and then all this circular chart of flavors Making those flavors was very clever use of internet mining. <laughs> I, because I have my opinion as a sommelier what things taste like, but I thought that my opinion is not enough because everybody's taste is different. So I started mining tasting notes on all these different wines and then looking for themes and, you know, things that matched up. Because what I was trying to do. So, how do, do you was, do that? Use some sort of like coding tool or something that will just search through a huge number of websites at once? Uh, well, there, was a, there were a few that I relied on, a few sites that had basically the best information. And then I would pull the, pull the tasting notes for them. And then I would look for, for overlapping words that matched up or overlapping themes. And, and, you know, when you know wine, you know when it's a tasting note that's talking, talking about oak aging versus a tasting note that's talking about, like, a fruit profile of a grape. So like those like so it helps to be an, a little bit of an expert to, in order to like discern the information and understand what's the difference between that particular wine versus that variety of yeah, wine. Yeah, definitely. So um, so it was a little bit of both. It was more like reading through all those notes and looking for analogs. So because I, I read through them all, I just wow. went, I'm going to read through these and learn and see what other people say about these things. And that's how I made the the flavors. And so the best moment I had. I had a bottle of Albarino, and I'm at the Albarino page. This is a light, white, zesty white wine from Spain. And I pour myself a glass, and I smelled it. And I looked at the five flavors, and I was like, yeah, it fits. Dude, like, that's it fits. awesome. That's <laughs> it fits. And so then I was like, oh, God, what if it doesn't work? So I flipped a couple pages, and I opened a Zinfandel, and I had the Zinfandel. And I smelled it, and I looked at the Zinfandel, and I'm like, it really fits. Uh, it fits. That's so it validating. Fits. That's so validating. <laughs> So, cause I hadn't like of all the things and this going back through and checking and expert advice and all the thing, I hadn't thought to test the one. Yeah, totally. <laughs> with the book. 
<laughs> like of all things. Um, and then the other thing I'm super proud of are the maps. I learned a whole new system. I was very, I, I, learning new things for me is very hard. I'm very resistant to learning. It's one of my, it's, it's something that I, I wish I was a lot cooler about learning. My partner just gets into something and learns <laughs> all this new cooler. stuff. And, and, uh, I learned how to do the system and now I'm actually like, I'm into it. Like I love learning about it. I, I, it's really cool. And, uh, and so like those maps represent me taking the time to learn a new thing. And, and that's why I'm proud of them is like that represents my educational improvement and that's something to be proud of. Yeah, definitely. Madeline, why don't you leave us off with uh, like one final big piece of advice? So I think the best advice that you could probably offer um, given your success as a blogger and your upcoming status as a New York Times bestseller, is it, how how do you grow your audience? How like how did you get yourself to catch on so well? I mean, it's not like you've been doing this for twenty years. You've been doing this for three and a half years, and you have this number one blog with millions of people reading it. You're about to be a New York Times bestseller. Like how how. Uh- I mean, I would say don't stop. If you have a good idea and it and and you and you think it's going to it's going to catch, you know, everybody knows when they have that good idea. It's like a shower epiphany. You're just like, "Oh, wow. That's ooh. Ooh." Like you almost want to don't tell anybody cuz it's so good, you <laughs> yeah. know? Um and it's and we hit a lot of roadblocks. Um and it is very easy to stop give up. There's going to be very tricky roadblocks that are going to be very hard to solve, solve them, keep going, figure out how to solve them, get help to solve them, get asked for help to solve them. There are people that want to help you. And many of them will help you just because they want you to, they, they get it and they know you're doing it and they're just happy. Somebody's trying something new and, and, and yeah, they'll give you their advice for free or, or help for free or something like that. But that's because they want to get behind the idea of what you're working. They're not getting behind you. They're getting behind this idea of what you're working. So totally. keep your ego out of it and just keep going. Like just keep that idea going. Great, great so. advice. So obviously, all right, everyone needs to go and pre-order your book. Yeah. Or, I mean, we got to help you out Actually, getting on the New York it's, Times bestseller it's list. It's crazy. You can, you can pick it up. I saw it on Amazon for nearly half off on pre-orders, and I have no idea what their pricing system is, if it's going to go up when, when it gets on regular, uh, when it's out. So... Pre-order it now. It you know it's half off. Maybe buy two, buy one for your mom or your you know your sister, your brother, your dog. Yeah, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait to do the Christmas gift late this year. Get it early. Yeah. You'll be all set. And then, where can people find you social media wise? Um, just every social media at Wine Folly F O L Y. Um, I'm I love Instagram. I'm always posting real stuff on there. Um, I'm even on Pinterest. I have a lot of like obsessive little like things that I like about wine that we put on there. Um, Facebook is probably our, our most popular thing. And then on Twitter. And then if you have a question and you want to know something, just email me. It's Madeline at Wine Folly. It's, it's very easy to get a hold of me. And it might take a couple of days, but I'll get back to you. Awesome. Dude, yeah. Madeline, we appreciate it so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs>